0: So, firstly, in layman's terms, what exactly does naturalization mean? And also, in terms of full citizenship rights, uh, what does that also come with?
1: Okay. So, effectively, citizenship has, there are three paths to citizenship. One is citizenship by birth, where you're basically born in the country uh, to South African parents. Secondly, Uh, citizenship by descent when you are now with the new amendment. It used to be when you were born abroad, and that pertains to adopted children. And third, naturalization. Naturalization is a matter where, through the evolution of time, you will acquire the right after holding permanent residence for 10 years or more. And the last five years, you don't have an interruption, meaning you don't leave the country for more than 90 days. So naturalize, that gives you naturalization, it gives you the right to apply as long as you meet all the requirements. Uh, so that's the third way of, of getting citizenship, um, as opposed to the ones of birth and descent.
0: So coming to the issue of the Gupta family and uh, Home Affairs had explained at some point that in uh, 2015, uh, there was an application brought by five members of the Gupta family uh, that was unsuccessful uh, due to one of the people in that collective of five having left the country uh, for more than uh, the stipulated period. So that was then uh, the situation whereby uh, it was not granted. They were told to reapply a year later. Uh, but within a period of four months uh, when Malusi Gigaba came in he actually then granted them um, uh, the uh, naturalisation based on special circumstances so what sort of powers are vested in the minister that he can make that sort of um, a decision look, citizenship
1: um, in the main and certainly naturalisation is awarded by the minister but the minister has the power to delegate what that means is he can give instruction to his delegates to make certain decisions with regard to the Citizenship Act. But that does not mean that the, the uh, minister can, can wash his hands of the matter. He still takes total responsibility for the decision-making. Now, arguably—well, it's not arguably. At the end of the day, citizenship is determined It's an administrative exercise And it should should be a tick-box exercise. And you would go to the Citizenship Act, read it with the regulations, and you'd probably see there's about six requirements. And the adjudication should be predictable and objective. And if you meet all those requirements, you will succeed. What seemed to happen in this case is the minister steps in personally and looks at the matter, exercises his powers under Section 5.9, where he has this power under exceptional circumstances to uh, grant what he calls early naturalization. But that does not mean that the other sets of requirements uh, need not be fulfilled. Um, And moreover, when he does exercise his powers under Section 5.9, that also needs to go to Parliament uh, the year thereafter. So, in in essence, there should be a paper trail of all the decision-making right from the initial application lodged by the Gupta family to a potential refusal to a potential what they call representations, which were made in 2014, to the minister's decision in 2015. The problem that we have is back in June in 2017, uh, when the Guptas were still the flavor of the month, they brazenly awarded the South African citizenship by naturalization, only to realize when they're no longer in favor, they had to undo this because it couldn't be justified in law.
0: And then, of course, as you say, uh, the requirements that are stipulated still need to be fulfilled, and we do know uh, that it was not tabled uh, before Parliament. So what does that mean for the status of this particular naturalization process?
1: Well, what you, you, what you would expect is the minister to step in and, and put up his hand and concede there was an error. Instead, We are hearing all sorts of stories about how many guptas there are on a a particular list. And then you hear about a family-related application. You hear about internal appeals. So you hear a whole lot of stories that you didn't hear eight months ago. And frankly, it just to me seems rather unfortunate that the department hasn't actually come clean on the facts because really you should be applying the facts to the law. We don't even know what all the facts are, so we're not, we're not going to get to a certain, uh, a certain outcome, and I think the public needs to know.
0: And uh, just a final one, because this is a question that I've seen quite a lot coming to us and also on social media platforms, regarding um, BEE status. Um, if you are a naturalised citizen, does that apply to you? And if not, if you're a permanent resident, uh, do you qualify for such?
1: Well, look, I'm not an expert on the issuing of the certificates, but as I understand, um, you, would, you would be required to be a South African citizen. Um, it's the same story that you hear in terms of the IEC saying they were on the le- electoral roll to vote. Um, and what we have is they're trying to undo, undo the damage in the sense that uh, they are, as a matter of fact, uh, South African citizens, but yet you find that, unfortunately, you can't. They're they trying to undo what uh, clearly was irregular. And this is, this is just one of the many matters that needs to come to the fore so that they can come clean and tell us the truth, because, after all, the public needs to know. Um, the public needs to know we have a, a clean government. We need to know we have a clean administration. Because it doesn't bode well for the average person who is applying for South African citizenship or a visa or permanent residence when this sort of thing is happening from your most senior officials.
0: Well, uh, thank you so much for your time this morning, uh, Craig Smith. And he is, of course, a principal immigration lawyer at Craig Smith and Associates. And uh, we turn our attention now uh, to India, where we joined by our correspondent in that country, Neha Punya. And uh, she has been asking Indian authorities about the current status of the Gupta brothers' citizenship uh, situation. Neha, good morning and thanks for speaking to us once again. So, um, as you can hear, the story, a really big. Here in South Africa, and uh, since yesterday uh, has there have there been any new developments with regard to the raid and what was found at uh, the house or the properties owned by the the Gupta Brothers.
2: Um, Good morning. Uh, Yes, because it's such a uh, sensitive case, the officials in question are being very tight-lipped about the kind of information they're sharing with uh, the media and with the locals as well. Uh, But what I have picked up is that uh, after the raid that started on Tuesday and continued until Wednesday as well, uh, the temple that the Guptas are building in their hometown of Saharanpur is at the centre of that particular investigation. Uh, Income tax officials are saying they've received very specific intelligence Uh, that the money for the temple is uh, suspect and um, picking up by way of sources that the money might have come in uh, from Dubai. So now officials are trying to go through the transactions of this particular company to identify the source of the income.
0: And Neha, uh, beyond that, uh, with regard to the other properties that you were telling us about yesterday, uh, are similar investigations underway with regard to those as well, like, for example, the mall, the old age home and those sort of uh, uh, issues that you were telling us yesterday?
2: that's right uh, when the income tax raid began all properties belonging to the guptas not just in saharanpur but uh, anywhere in india were also simultaneously raided and uh, in light of that i'm picking up that various documents were seized so uh, clearly this is uh, this is an area that officials are going to scrutinize very closely what do those documents have are they records of financial transactions are they records of money transfers that's what's really going to be the big question and and uh, in terms of uh, what they've taken away, apart from the documents, they've also seized computer hard drives. Uh, so they're going to be scrutinizing all the data locked up on those computers. And then we'll possibly have a sense of uh, what they found and why this raid happened so suddenly.
0: Yesterday, uh, Neha, you said that this wasn't a big story in India particularly. So what prompted the authorities uh, you know, to start investigating the Guptas on that side?
2: Um, like I said, you know, authorities are not being very forthcoming with details, but they have said this. They've said they've received some very specific intelligence uh, with regard to Gupta properties. Uh, and that really raises the big question. Uh, was this intelligence something that was passed from South Africa to India? Uh, is this intelligence uh, based uh, uh, on on the kind of probe that uh, the Guptas are facing in South Africa? Or is this something that officials have uh, taken uh, cognizance uh, themselves to try and find out if they there's There's any sort of connection between uh, the money that the Guptas are accused of taking out of South Africa and the money that they've invested in India. So a lot of uh, unanswered questions uh, with regard to that. Uh, But as far as uh, the story is concerned, still very little media attention uh, has been diverted to this particular aspect. But uh, uh, finally, a lot more newspapers and TV channels are speaking of this, but of course not for the same magnitude with which the story is being covered in South Africa.
0: And Neha, um, besides the Gupta brothers, is anyone else being uh, implicated and investigated for these same crimes? Uh, because I'm thinking the Bank of Baroda, and they, of course, have left South Africa recently. Have they been implicated in any way, shape or form? uh everything-
2: Um, Bank of Baroda said they're going to exit South Africa. Their uh, particular operations have been under scrutiny Uh, and about two weeks ago we were also being told that uh, the head of the South African Bank of Baroda uh, branch uh, is also likely to face some sort of disciplinary action. Uh, That continues. There's been no other update on that front but uh, apart from Bank of Baroda a close associate of uh, Ajay Gupta, his name is Amar Gupta his properties were also raided and he's also uh, under the scrutiny of officials
0: here in india and uh, with regard to the citizenship of uh, the gupta brothers Mm -hmm. uh, you did update us yesterday anything new on that front
2: I ran this by the Indian officials uh, once again last evening, and uh, what I've been told so far is this, that to the best of the knowledge of the Indian government, the Guptas are not Indian citizens. Uh, however, what locals are telling me is that apart from Ajay Gupta, all the other Gupta family members who are naturalized, they do hold South African citizenship, but Ajay Gupta is the only person who has held on to his Indian passport. Now, this is significant for two reasons. One, Indian laws do not allow anybody to hold dual citizenship. So if uh, Ajay Gupta has held on to his Indian passport, that means he is still, in a sense, governed by Indian laws, while the other brothers might not be. And uh, two, this means that uh, the stories that we're hearing in South Africa, uh, the flip-flop over their citizenship, they might have some truth to it.